Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. So if we are more sort of emotionally kind of um, centered, yeah. it's okay to pour out those laments, you know, and then to, to balance them <laughs> with those prayers of thanksgiving and praise. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. So I have a question for you. Do you get paralyzed when it comes to praying? Are you afraid that you'll do it wrong or you'll not fulfill all the shoulds that you've heard from pastors, speakers, or even well-meaning friends? Would you like prayer to be as easy as talking to a friend? It can be when you discover your own prayer style. And that's what we're talking about today. Joining me for this conversation is my friend Janet McHenry. Janet is a national speaker and the author of 27 books, including her new release, Praying Personalities. She directs the prayer ministries at her church and serves on the California leadership team for the National Day of Prayer. Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Janet. Thanks so much for having me, Jill. What a pleasure this is. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad we had an opportunity to talk. Now, um, for the most part, uh, everybody is listening to this podcast on audio, not on video, because we don't do a video podcast. We do do video clips. And um, if somebody could see us, it's very obvious that you and I are in different parts of the country because I have <laughs> I have a sweater and um, it, it looks like um, a sheep around my neck. From, <laughs> and you are dressed so comfortably and, and uh, obviously in a much warmer place. <laughs> have you been in California all of your life? Um, no, actually, I was born in upstate New York, and we moved to the West uh, when I was a young teenager. But I do live in the mountains in California at 5,000 feet uh, in the Lake Tahoe area. Mm, so so I get some cold weather. Yeah. So while I may look like I'm dressed for spring or summer, I'm actually like freezing. <laughs> 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 well, you need my little, uh, you, you need my, my uh, shirt that has a sheep around the neck. <laughs> my little fleece, my little fleece turtleneck. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I am excited about our prayer topic. You know, prayer is something that 
I really had to um, become comfortable with. Uh, it was not something that I really understood. Um, I didn't see it. You know, I saw it like formally modeled for me, like in the home that I grew up in. Um, you know, we prayed before meals. We prayed at bedtime. We prayed um, at church. But I really didn't cultivate a personal prayer life until I was an adult. What about you, Janet? Uh, I had a lot of the same experience, Jill. I grew up in a formal church and basically same thing. You know, we prayed at bedtime. We prayed at meals. Prayers were um, things that were written in books and were memorized. And so it, I didn't have that kind of uh, idea that prayer could be personal until I actually committed my life to Jesus uh, when I was in college and began hearing that other people just conversationally talk to God. You know, it wasn't something that you had to bring up from your memory. It was more uh, based on what you were experiencing then and uh, maybe some struggles you were having and, you know, that kind of a relational kind of experience. So that was new for me too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was wanting to learn how to pray for my kids um, before they went off to school. And I said something in a mom's group that I was a part of. And one of the moms was uh, a mom of eight. Okay, so and she was about 10 years ahead of me um, and she had two sets of twins and uh, her name was Holly and I used to call her Saint Holly um, because <laughs> um, she just I looked up to her. She, I just felt like she had so much, you know, I could learn from her and um, Saint Holly taught me um, to she said to me one day, well, Jill, if you want to pray for your kids before they leave school, you have to you should try kitchen door prayers. And I said, well, what's a kitchen door prayer? And she said, as they walk out the kitchen door to go catch the school bus, you're just simply putting your hand on their shoulder and you're just praying two or three sentences for their day. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm, you know, I'd never seen anything like that. So I was like, okay, I can do that. And so a new school year was starting and we did that. And the first time I did that, my kids looked at me like I was like, I had two heads, like you want to do what? <laughs> <laughs> but do you know, within a matter of weeks, it was becoming a new normal. And uh, they were asking for me to pray for specific things for them or their friends. And so I was creating not only a new normal for myself, but an, I was beginning to introduce my kids to a normal about prayer that I hadn't had gr growing up as well. Right. I think that we think it has to be done in a a formal sit down kind of setting and we dim the lights and it has to be all serious and everything, but it really can be more of um, a natural, even on the go kind of experience. I mean, we think about Paul, one of the greatest intercessors, um, you know, who wrote all the those letters in the New Testament that we have. And, you know, he was a man who was on the go. Um, you know, uh, I refer to him as the on the go inter intercessor. <laughs> 
You know, he thought about the needs of the people in the churches to whom he was writing, and he wrote simple prayers. They were natural. They were based on other people's needs and um, and his own concerns for them. So it can be as simple as that, you know, as you're saying, at the kitchen door, waving goodbye. God bless you, help you in your work today, <laughs> you know, yes. at school. And that it could be as simple as that, you know, and then to have the mindset that wherever we are, there's a need for prayer. And it's sometimes it's just a matter of opening up our eyes and having more of um, a moment by moment consciousness of where God has placed us. And so that we can understand how we can continue to connect with him mm-hmm. and, and help meet the needs of others around us. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times when we're self-conscious, and this happens a lot of times if we're um, invited to pray in a group setting, we become really self-conscious too. And one of the things I've learned is that I often then have my eyes on the wrong thing when I become self-conscious. I'm thinking about me and how I'm looking instead of just thinking about having a conversation with our friend, God, who is... um, in the room and present and we're just we're we're talking with him so um it's interesting in your new book praying personalities you have a special dedication and it was somebody that really influenced you uh, tell us more about the influence of that person and why you dedicated the book to them well years ago i i when i started prayer walking i became really kind of just passionate about learning as much as I could about prayer. And I started reading books on prayer. And one of the greatest um, influencers for me was a a contemporary, Jennifer Kennedy Dean. And uh, she wrote an amazing book. I call it The Experiencing God of Prayer. It's called Live a Praying Life. And, you know, she, she wrote about um, that, you know, we have this idea that we should have a prayer life and that it should look like it should be fit into a box or what I call pockets, you know, to have pockets of prayer time, like, okay, five minutes, I'm done, you know, um, when, and what she encourages us to do in her in her books is to um, think of it as a praying life, you know, to have more of a sense, of, as I said earlier, of that consciousness that I'm with God all day long. You know, yes. I can have this running conversation with him, with him. Um, uh, unfortunately, this um, this dear writer who wrote 25 books, I believe, on uh, just on the topic of prayer, passed away several years ago of a sudden heart attack. And so, um, because her books were such an influence on me, and because um, she had pointed me personally to you know several kinds of writings that that I um, hadn't even thought about reading. Um, I wanted to um, recognize her, and uh, and I yeah. hope everyone really kind of digs in and looks at some of her books. Live a Praying Life would be where I would suggest someone start. Yeah, that one's on my on my bookshelf. And I remember when Jennifer passed away, and it just broke my heart um, because uh, she was a uh, an influencer in so many different ways. And the beautiful thing is we still have her books and yes. her voice will continue on uh, even beyond that. For those of you that are listening, we'll make sure and put a link to Jennifer Kennedy Dean's book that Janet just mentioned um, as well in the show notes. Um, so uh, Janet, 
your book, Praying Personalities, I mean, really, you've been writing about prayer, you've been studying prayer for two decades. Uh, Prayer is a really important part of your life. But uh, talk about why you decided to write Praying Personalities. What's the story behind (laughs) this? Um, Because uh, we don't just decide to write a book without a reason and an experience uh, that really leads us to wanting to share that. Well, it it did come out of um, some personal study and thought um, and started way back about 25 years ago when I started prayer walking. Um, it started rather simply. I was falling apart physically. One afternoon, I walked out my back door and found myself in a crumpled heap because my knee had given away. So I knew I needed to do something about my health, but I also thought, oh, you know, I could multitask. I could pray while I walk. So it's, that's as simple as it started. There was a lot of minus in my prayers, my kids, my marriage, uh, my job as a high school English teacher. Um, and then that changed all one morning when I was walking. It wasn't even six in the morning yet. And I saw a young man hand over his blanketed baby girl to the daycare center worker on the sidewalk in my little town here in the Sierra Valley. And that little girl said, bye, daddy, I love you. So then it it just clicked with me that, oh my goodness, wherever I am, there is a need for prayer. I just need to open up my eyes. So the minus of my prayers became shifted into more of an intercessory kind of a practice where I was praying for um, the homes I passed, uh, the commuters heading off to Reno, loggers heading out into the woods, mill workers going into the lumber mill. So I became like this crazy fanatical woman who would try to get everybody in the world to prayer walk for their communities, which is not a bad thing. But, um, you know, I began thinking like everybody has to prayer walk because it has been life changing for me. It changed uh, I the depression that had clouded most of my adult life left. I, you know, became more healthy. You know, it became a woman who was less fearful and all of that. So yes. big testimony there. But as I would speak about prayer walking, there would always be a lady who would come up to me afterwards and say, but Janet, what do I do? I can't walk. And so that kind of that question hung with me until a couple years ago, I was doing a presentation on all the ways that um, writers can incorporate more prayer into their lives. Because boy, if we're writing for Jesus, we need to be praying, right? Yep. All the time. So I talked about prayer walking, but also dozens of other ideas. And then all of a sudden, I heard myself say, perhaps it has um, something to do with our personality. You know, maybe what we need to do is simply to find out, according to our personality, what would be a natural prayer style. So, boom! (laughs) There you go. There was was the idea. And and the the ladies that were teaching, you know, said, well, you should write a book about that. And I'm like, that is a good idea. So um, I I did then at that moment kind of um, a step back. Uh, I didn't want it to be about my experience. I wanted it to be about what what God has said. So I began again in this investigation in God's Word, <laughs> where I've kind of immersed myself the last a couple decades about to find out as much as I can about what God's Word says about prayer, mm. and began looking at the biblical praying people. How did they pray? What were the words they used? What was their situation? You know, what prompted them to pray? All of that. And to, to notice that 
oh my goodness, there are so many different ways that biblical people prayed. So that can free you up, that can free me up, that can free anybody up to pray, you know, in a natural kind of a a prayer awareness. Um, And just a matter of, you know, thinking a little bit about who we are, the the God-given personality that God has given us, and then to think about what would be a natural way for me to incorporate more prayer in my life. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, as you looked at praying people in the Bible, what are some of Mm -hmm. them that's, well, you mentioned Paul. Okay, Paul. You mentioned Mm -hmm. Paul um, being, you know, kind of an on-the-go intercessor, right? Right. So what are some of the other ones that you noticed and that you kind of named? Just kind of, you know, starting with the Old Testament, moving it toward the New Testament, I I looked at um, Moses, for example, you know, that he uh, was a kind of more of a cerebral prayer. Um, you know, he argued with God. And when God um, called him to specific ministry to lead the people out of captivity in Egypt into yeah. the promised land, he had a half a dozen arguments with God. So, God didn't shut him down. He he led him, you know, he answered him specifically they were having a conversation, and it, and we have that two-chapter conversation, you know, right. uh, in Exodus. Um, but then there are people like uh, who are more sort of emotive in nature, like Hannah. You know, she's crying out to God because she she's not been able to have a child. She's heartbroken. And then in the very next chapter, uh, after God has blessed her with a child, we see this prayer of praise and thanksgiving to Him. So that the like the emotional swing there. So if we are more sort of emotionally kind of um, centered, yeah, it's okay to pour out those laments, you know, and then to to balance them <laughs> with those prayers of thanksgiving and praise, you know. Yeah, um, we have uh, you know people like David who wrote poetry. You know, we have um, his poetic prayers and. Um, we you've been talking a little bit about comfort levels about you know praying out loud and i began thinking about like when someone writes poetry you know it's crafted you know we think we th- we automatically think that someone just has this natural gift and it just flows out and it's it's perfect iambic pentameter right from the get go no it it's something that's worked at and so um, David also, you know, offers up his uh, laments, his prayers, and so forth. Um, you know, just uh, then we have some people who are perhaps more physical in orientation, or those who fasted. Um, you know, examples are um, Ezra, Nehemiah, um, Daniel. You know, he fasted yes. and prayed. You know, faithfully. They're very devoted kinds of praying people. Um, and then even uh, Abraham was called friend of God. You know, there's that sense of relationship there. Um, so lots of different ways that people approach God. You look at specifically at their prayers, the way that they, you know, the way they put them together, the way they yes. recorded anyway. Yeah. So um, I think that offers us some freedom because perhaps in the past, you know, maybe we watched a movie and thought we needed to have a prayer closet and go there every, every for an hour every day. Or maybe a friend has told us, you know, Janet, I have this friend who said, Janet, I write out all my prayers. I'm like, oh, good for you. 
<laughs> yeah. And you know, and even I, I mean, I, I years ago I bought this prayer notebook and I was gonna have my Sunday prayers and I was gonna have my Monday, my Tuesday, and my Wednesday, my Thursday prayers, and it was gonna be all organized until I couldn't keep up with the organized system. <gasps> you know, yeah. I was a full-time working mom as a high school English teacher for kids, you know, volunteering at my church. There's something sometimes has to give. And so I think God affords affords us the opportunity to see the freedom, you know, through his word. You know, I tell um, the reader, I'm going to let you off the hook, you know, to explore this, um, you know, your personality and think a bit about how God has created you. But then I'm, at the end of the book, I, I tell them, I'm going to put you back on the hook a little bit. Because if we think that if our pray, praying life is going to be on the go, that's probably, you know, I, I know that for myself personally, that's a rationale. I mean, I do still need to have that quiet time in my cozy chair, eyes closed, you know, saying, you know, here, Lord, here I am. Use me. Um, you know, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, you know, that kind of a posture. So, yes, (laughs) yes, yeah. But I love that you just shared how you, I mean, talk about no more perfect prayers here, you know, Um, (laughs) where you had this, you had this grand plan that you were going to do this on Sunday and this on, I think we all do that, you know, and then we kind of go, then, you know, why isn't this working? Why, you know, and then we feel like we let ourselves down. And um, what we don't realize is that was a great plan, but it doesn't necessarily fit with who we are. And right. we have to find who we are. And I think that that really, um, you know, I think you're onto something here. It was interesting. I, I took your, um, I took your prayer quiz um, cause I knew we were going to have this conversation. So I took your prayer personality quiz and, um, I was a uh, problem solver and peace seeker. Those were equal. So, um, and then friend of God was next and my organized prayer lamenter zero, zero. <laughs> None. Okay, so let's let's talk about these for just a moment though. So <laughs> so problem solver. Um talk about the problem solver prayer. Okay, so for the problem solver, um, those kind of people would see prayer as their natural response to it. Like an issue comes up, your natural response is I'm gonna go to prayer. Um, well, that might be your second response because your first response might be, I'm going to take care of this because I'm capable. I'm a leader. I can handle this. Sure. And then, and then you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Step back. God is the problem solver. God is the problem solver. So, um, that is, they're going to be their natural inclination. So, you know, a natural kind of a praying style for them might be prayer walking. You know, mm-hmm. because they they love the idea of uh, multitasking, going, doing something, um, or other s- sort of exercise forms. Um, they also might it would might be helpful for them to to see various kinds of prayer reminders. I have sticky notes like all over the place. I was joking with my son in law the other day. Like my whole desk is covered with sticky yes, notes. Me too. <laughs> <That's> what- <laughs> yes. 
So um, while it was a practice of mine in earlier in my marriage to kind of write out prayers, write out lists and things like that, um, uh, it is it, it is no longer. <laughs> um, but I do have reminders. I have one whole bulletin board that have um, photographs of different missionary people for whom I pray. It's in my hallway. I pass it, and, you know, and it's just becomes a spontaneous kind of reaction to be able to to pray for those. Gotcha. Um, photo- I love other that. photographs of phone family around the house. I have uh, a station where I keep uh, the um, graduation, high school graduation invitations, because uh-huh. uh, I tell parents locally, if you send me your kids um, graduation with their picture, um, you know, invitation, then um, I'll pray for them for their first year out of high school and so i keep those posted and i have got i've got three young men there (laughs) this year i love that i love that okay um, so that might be helpful yeah yeah so are you a problem solver prayer then yes okay pretty much peace seeker was Mm -hmm. the sec i mean it was the equal for me um, both so what's the peace seeker the peace seeker tends to go to prayer for peace okay because that is that is their that's their zone life becomes overwhelming they naturally they are going to god for that sense of quiet peace direction all of that prayer brings peace for them um prayer will be in a kind of an informal practice for them um they might want uh, actually have some prayer books to help jumpstart their prayers or something on their phone, maybe they use a prayer app every day, and that can be something that can, you know, at least initiate a prayer time with God. They might want to think about, um, you know, they have their quiet moment with their cup of coffee or tea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that is going to be something that will be natural for them. Oh, okay. Okay, I've got that cup of coffee there. It's warming me up. Here I am, God, you know. Um so those kinds of practices might be more natural for them. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That You actually just described my husband very much. So I, I will have to have him take your quiz and see what he ends up at. But boy, you just described him. Uh, friend of God. Tell us about friend of God. Well, the friend of God is a very relational person. They're, uh, they tend to be spontaneous. They're outgoing. Um, my oldest is, I would call a friend of God. And when she goes, walks in the room, there is a party. Um, so for that person, because, um, they need people around them, um, they, so they go to God for that relational experience with him, but it will also, the setting of prayer for that person would be probably something that what they would be drawn to most would be like okay let's bring the whole family together we're sitting around the table you know what happened at school today well let's pray about that right now or Mm -hmm. you know mom in the van you know mom in the van driving the kid to a game a half hour away um you know instead of everybody with headphones on you know we're going to use this as a time for prayer and when they get out of that van they're like closer than ever you know yeah um so that could be some some kind of practices for the friend of god oh you know janet you just what just struck me as you're just talking about this is if you are a wife who's a friend of god and this is like natural to you like to gather everyone and to talk about it and then let's pray about it but you don't have a husband who has that prayer style 
and right. you are looking for him to do that with the family because you define that as spiritually leading the family, but you're not at all taking into consideration that he may have a different personality when it comes to relating with God. And so you're looking at it, and I hear this from women all the time because they want their husband to be the spiritual leader, but right. they also want him to do it their way. Right. And you're like, you're really kind of giving another layer to this that not only do we need to not, not only do, do we need to understand ourselves, but we also need to understand that others will be different than us. And man, we can so easily judge and say that they're, you know, because they don't want to do it the way that we want to do it, that there's something wrong with them. Right. Exactly. And I think it's, it really is um, an important consideration for those of us frustrated in marriages because we feel like the partner is like not stepping up, you know, so yes. I tend to be, I'm the problem solver, um, kind of, a, I rise to leadership in groups. It just, it just happens where my husband will sit back. Um, he's very introverted. And so in settings where someone would say, Craig, will you close us in prayer? That is going to be very hard for him. Yep. He's going to be real anxious. But even for like Thanksgiving dinner or something like that, when we have all the family back together again, I might say like the night before, hey, honey, would you consider, you know, giving the grace over the meal tomorrow? And then he's got time to think about it. He can pray about it. You know, what, what would be the right words? Because he's so introverted, even in a family setting, that is going to be an awkward position to put him into. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's true in our, in our prayer groups, in our Bible study groups, to think about that very introverted person. When you say, hey, you know, Susie, will you close us in prayer? That's not going to be easy for her. Yeah. So maybe just simply ask her ahead of time or just ask the question, would you feel comfortable closing us in prayer? But you ask that in a private setting, not a public one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of respect. God has made us all different. And, um, you know, that is a point of, uh, I think, acceptance that you know is important for us in the relationships as we're building, not only in our families, but in our, you know, larger community settings. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, you have one other prayer personality, and that's the organized prayer, the lamenter, mm -hmm. which I had zero. So tell me what I am not. <laughs> <laughs> so the organized praying person is also the person who is, um, you know, very emotional, kind of in, um, you know, like the Hannah kind of a character. Mm -hmm. um, she's passionate, um, she, but she's also disciplined. So that, you know, journaling her prayers, you know, writing out those laments, um, that is really great prayer therapy, <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, having or having that organized notebook for her. And I have friends who do this and, you know, and it's perfect for that person. You know, they can keep track of it all, you know. To the nth degree, someone who does spreadsheets, for example, <laughs> right? You know, might be this kind of person. You know, and maybe their prayers are even on spreadsheets. You know, uh, you know, the lists or systems, things like that. But they also might find um, a wonderful prayer outlet through creative expression. 
uh, such as maybe journaling prayers as they're reading through the Bible. They're actually writing them in the margins, something like that. Yeah. So there are lots of different um, creative ways to approach uh, prayer for that person. Yes. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You also just as completely described my husband and you completely did not describe me. I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I am not highly emotional and um, that, so that makes a lot of sense as to why I would come up with a zero. Um, now, God's been <laughs> growing me in emotion and uh, certainly uh, in increasing my compassion, my self-compassion, my compassion for others, all of that. But that makes a lot of sense. So uh, I want to encourage those of you um, that are listening to go out and take Janet's prayer personality quiz janet where they where do they find that it it has its own separate website so it's praying personalities.com um yeah so that but they can also find it through my website which is janetmchenry.com yeah yeah so one of the things that you did also, Janet, in the book is you dug into and you took a look at Jesus and how he prayed. Mm -hmm. Talk about that uh, and what we can learn from how Jesus prayed. Well, I think, you know, over the years, people have tried to kind of put um, Jesus into a box of some kind, which is, you know, that's simply not going to work. He is the perfect personality. What we do see him, we see him praying in community settings. We, um, because we have even John 17 is an entire chapter long prayer. I mean, people were there. Someone was recording this, right? Yeah. Um, but he also had to get up the mountain. He had to pray. He had to have that time alone with God. So was he an introvert or an extrovert? He was both. You know, he could function in both settings. You know, uh, mm -hmm. he, he was drawn to people, you know, and he immediately met their needs. Whereas a completely introverted person would kind of be on the fringes and stay there, right? Right. <laughs> um, so that we see a lot of, of that with him in terms of, um, you know, he went to God. Um, his prayers are emotional. If you look at them, we have 10 prayers of his, you know, uh, my God, my God, why have, you know, um, you know, those kinds of prayers. Um, we see that he uh, offered forgiveness. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, if we're looking to see what, if we're kind of categorizing his prayers, they they run the gamut. So we have prayers of praise, of thanksgiving. We have inter, uh, prayers where, you know, he's interceding uh, for others. We have um, prayers for himself, you know, all kinds of different types of prayer. Yeah. So he is the model prayer. <laughs> and it, even if we simply look up those different um, prayers of his and examine them, we see there are different types um, coming out of emotion, but also definitely kind of in the problem-solving mode. He went to God to seek peace, um, you know, and his life was not chaotic. Um, so, he lived a life that was purposeful, you know, purpose-driven, and that took him to the cross for us. And even yeah. on the cross, he prayed he three prayed. times. Yep. Yeah. Well, Janet, this book is gold. And I'm just so grateful that you were able to join me for a conversation today. The title is Praying Personalities. And we will put a link to that in the show notes. 
and make it easy for you to uh, find it. Uh, Janet, what's the best way for people to connect with you online? I'm across all various sorts of social media. They can find me just by looking for Janet McHenry. But my website is JanetMcHenry.com. And I love hearing from people. And um, I have different kinds of Facebook groups, one called the Safe Place Prayer Group, um, another called um, Bible Girls, where we read through the Bible every year. We're in our 11th year this year. And another one called the Walking Club, because I like to encourage people to prayer walk for their communities. Oh, I love that. And, you know, Mark and I love to prayer walk. In fact, that's something that we began a couple of years ago. Well, we started it actually during the pandemic and um, when it would get us out of the house, um, you know, we would walk and pray. And that's when we pray for our family and um, those that we're working with in their marriages. So, I am an avid believer and, and if people are you're like, how do you just start? Just walk and talk. That's all you have to do. <laughs> walk and right. talk. And if you want to do it with someone else, you're just doing what we call popcorn prayer. You're just, I might say a sentence or two. He might say a sentence or two. I might say a sentence or two. Then we're quiet until one of us is prompted to say a sentence or two. Uh, and and we just keep doing that as the Lord leads. And it's uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very, very easy. I think we often overcomplicate prayer. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, Janet, would you be willing to pray for our listeners before we leave? Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. Uh -huh. Father, we, um, we thank you that you invite us into your presence. We thank you that you pursue a relationship with us, not merely for our salvation, but for our everyday life. And so, Father, we, we come to you. We know that you are a God who hears us. We know that you're a God who cares. Uh, um, I'm thinking of any listeners right now, Father, who have some deep, deep concerns, Father, and I pray that um, you will lift them mm -hmm. up, that you will carry that burden for them. Mm -hmm. And Father, we pray that um, as we draw closer to you and as we begin to see that wherever we are, um, there's a need for prayer, Father, that we'd have a, a greater understanding about, uh, about what this whole prayer thing is, that it's less about answers, but it's more about access. Yeah. That you've invited us into your presence and that you truly want to have a relationship with us. Thank you for seeking us, Lord, in mm -hmm. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.